0: So, this morning, um, a guy I used to work for a long time ago, like eight, nine years ago, uh, stopped by with four yards of compost that I had ordered. And, um, and I think it might be surprising to people to learn that I order so much compost each year, but, uh, it's, it's for a couple of reasons. The first is that the soil where our garden is, is really crummy soil. Um, the solar exposure is the best of all of our land, and it makes sense to have the garden there in terms of how close it is to the house and um, and all that. But the soil was whatever got used to grade out a raised leach field. Um, so whatever crummy fill they had. And actually, when, um, when we bought our house, I ended up breaking my shovel trying to turn over the original garden. Um and ended up having to use a pickaxe. And it took me an hour and a half just to turn over this tiny little triangle of chippy soil. Um, so, uh, the soil has a long ways to go. It's improved dramatically over the last four years, in part because we've kept it heavily mulched, but largely because we've added lots and lots of compost, both of our own making and buying it in. The second reason I buy a lot of compost is because um, I want to not only make the soil better than it was, but I want to get the soil to a place where it is as good as it possibly can be. Um, And compost alone is not going to get me there, let's be really clear about that. Um, I need to make sure that I'm remineralizing and fertilizing each year. Um, with other amendments than compost, because the compost itself is not going to bring all of the nutrient levels in the soil up to their optimal level, and what the optimal level even is is going to change as the organic matter in the soil increases, which happens through compost so each year um, I spread compost on about half of the garden uh, from this bot and the other half gets compost from our chicken run. Um, uh, earlier in the year when I plant the carrots and the spinach and stuff that's for fall now. So what's going to get all this compost is all the stuff that was our main garden this year that's going to get flipped and turned into uh, garlic, planted to garlic um, in a couple of weeks. So I'll spend the next week or two prepping that area, tearing out all the stuff and uh, and creating beds and spreading this compost. Uh, but then Uh, As part of prepping those beds, I'm going to also spread lime and a fertilizer made from a whole bunch of different things, um, and either azomite or kelp meal. Um, And I'm not going to do it this time because I don't think I have the right kind of wood chips, but when I created the beds for the carrots and the spinach, I also mixed in some rameal chipped wood uh, near the surface, uh, which is just the wood chips from uh, sort of more twiggy parts of the tree, um, and leaves, uh, which will get good fungal action going in the, in the soil. So, um, all of this is what goes into creating and then maintaining a strong garden. And I see so many people turning over their lawn and really thinking that that's kind of it. And if they need more fertilizer, they, they use liquid fertilizers, um, which are just completely soluble and the plants pick them up and they don't actually support the health of the soil at all. And so the soil, what little fertility there was deteriorates and deteriorates. Um, I think people think of going into gardening as something that either is something that they pour money into, right? Or as something that is going to be something that helps them save money. And so they're pinching pennies. And I think neither approach is particularly helpful. I think it, it pays to be thoughtful about what the economy is that you're creating, but also you have to look far enough in the future that you're paying yourself in the future with your actions today. And that involves building up your soil to a level that's far, far more fertile and robust than what your natural lawn soil already is, I guarantee you. Um, there's virtually no soil, short of like an old cow loafing pasture where cows m- might have been right next to a barn for a while and even then there's some problems, but there's short of that, uh there's literally no soil that's going to grow food as well as a garden soil that's had lots of attention paid to the soil over the course of many years. Um, in many ways, this is this is like everything in life, right? You pay it forward, you get it back later. Um, so, my goal is to make the areas that I want to be garden as fertile as possible, and then I have a second tier desire, which is to make the the lawn and pasture that feeds the mulch in the chicken run and on the garden itself as fertile as possible as well. So that's going to involve, uh, spreading lime and, uh, rock phosphate that will over time bring those levels up to as high as they can and open up the subsoil for the roots of the plants that right now can't get quite as deep. Um, and in that way, I'll, I will not only be, uh, the, what am I trying to say? The mulch from, from the lawn and from the pasture will be as high in nutrients as, as possible as well. So that will feed into a much better quality compost that I'm making or just sort of mulch breaking down in the soil. Uh, that's it. October is the time of big piles of things. I've got a big pile of hay that's waiting to be stacked into an, a proper hay pile. Once I dig up the dahlias that are in the way. And now I've got a big pile of compost. And I'm about to bring home another big haystack. And it's just a time for having big piles of things and then putting them where they want. And I've got about two more weeks to do a little more work on the house and get the garden squared away. And get the chicken coop squared away, and just generally sort of get everything tucked in for the winter and prepped so that when the Christmas tree season starts, I don't have to do any of that stuff. Thanks for listening, guys. I'll talk tomorrow.